the value of the skills that you bring from service, no matter what your specialty was, you are likely underselling yourself on what you bring to the civilian realm. This is the Construction Veteran Podcast. Construction Veteran Podcast. Connecting and celebrating veterans in construction. Now, here's your host, Scott Friend. Welcome back to the Construction Veteran Podcast. I'm Scott Friend, and I'm excited to bring to you guys Trevor Murray, a former Special Forces medic who found his way back into the construction industry and also shares the same passion that I do in getting folks into this industry. Let's dig into it. Hey, Trevor, how's it going, man? Good, Scott. How are you, man? I'm very good. Thank you for... uh, being able to link up with me last time Trevor and I tried to record, he was gracious enough and understanding that, uh, I had to take my little girl out to the dove field. So family first, I appreciate you doing that, man. Absolutely. Scott. Yeah. We talked about, obviously we have the connection of both being Texas boys and understanding getting that, uh, that relationship to hunting started off early. I, I can very much appreciate that. And, uh, family's always going to come first. So yes, sir. So Trevor and I, we haven't officially met, but, um, we linked up on LinkedIn after I had posted a couple episodes and we've got some mutual contacts, some in the industry and some in uh, special operations. So, um, that's kind of how we know each other. We've gotten to know each other a little bit more since we kept kicking the can down the road with the show. But, uh, Trevor, I want to talk about your service background. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what brands did you serve in? What did you do? Yeah. So I served, um, I did just, uh, just under nine years with the United States army. So I came in as an 18 x-ray, which, uh, for those who don't know is a special program. It's essentially a fast track to us army special forces to become a green beret. Um, went straight in, in 2014, um, from my civilian career in, in Austin, Texas to, uh, the x-ray pipeline went straight to, uh, you know, infantry OSIT. And then right after that went to airborne and then got on a bus and shipped up the brag and everything from there was uh, a whirlwind of going through the Q course. Um, I ended up getting uh, the specialty of medical sergeant. So I was an 18 Delta. So I spent a little extra time in the course, um, in the long course, which is already long enough, but spent an extra nine months there and uh, specialty of, of uh, medical sergeant and then went on to 10 special forces group and did all my active time there at, at 10th group. A uh, couple deployments, one to Afghanistan and then one to Eastern Europe. Um, and just recently got out uh, off active duty in June of 2022 and then did a year with the National Guard 19th group up here in Colorado where I'm currently uh, residing. So that's the, uh, the general rundown, the short rundown of my career. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about that real quick. 10th group for people who don't know, where's that located at? So 10th group is located at Fort Carson. Um, you know, we have been uh, located at Carson for um, quite some time now. So specialty is the, uh, you know, we're, we're the mountain detachment, high altitude detachment. So um, we specialize in some of the high altitude specialties, but 10th group is located in Colorado. A couple of the other groups sporadically located at, throughout the United States. Um, those that are familiar with special forces, uh, we've got a few on the East coast, few on the West coast, but I was smack dab in the middle. Um, always wanted to live in Colorado. Loved the, uh, obviously the mission set of special forces and then getting the opportunity to live in a state like Colorado was opportunity. Couldn't pass up. Um, you have some say over that, but I, I definitely got lucky in where I ended up. Uh, spent all my time at 10th Maine uh, in Colorado and 
was very lucky and fortunate on the teams I ended up on. I was on the dive team. So my specialty was diving along with all the other tasks that come along with being a Green Beret. Um, and then my focus was medicine. So um, a lot of time training in the medical field, um, doing a lot of diving down in Florida. Um, so I got a lot of opportunity to travel around the world, around the country, and uh, had some really amazing experiences with my time with uh, 10th Group. Very cool. And yeah, so Fort Carson, Colorado, in my opinion, man, that's of all the bases you could be stationed at. That is, that place is gorgeous. That's that area is in Colorado Springs. That's got to be one of my favorite areas, um, in the West. Yeah, it's incredible, man. Like it's really hard to complain at all about this as a duty station. Um, you've got no excuse not to be avidly involved in the outdoors. Um, obviously we're right here in the mountains are our backyard. So I've taken full advantage of that. Um, I'm outside as, as much as I can be with my boys and my wife. Um, and we loved it so much that we stayed here. You know, my wife's got a great career here and I found a job life after the military. Um, we wanted to stay in Colorado. So we set down roots here. We're both originally from Texas had talks about going back and Colorado just had too much of an allure for us. So for the foreseeable future, we'll be here in Colorado. Man, I can imagine. I mean, I do love being in Texas. I'm not a Texas guy myself. Originally, I grew up in Kentucky, but we've been in Texas for over nine years now. And, uh, you know, there's great things. There's some not so great things, but there's so much variety. But we've always said Colorado has got to be in the top three of places we would move, man. So that's that's awesome. And and you stuck there after you got out. So um, let's talk about what you do now in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, as I was coming up to that time of transition, obviously understanding that I needed to do, you know, make a decision on what I wanted to do when I grew up, for lack of a better term, uh, I had spent my entire career in medicine. So a lot of the thought process was, you know, really focused towards continuing in the medical field. I looked at going the PA route, going to PA school, um, finding other alternatives to stay in medicine, whether it be fire paramedic or, um, you know, going PA or MD route. While I love medicine, trauma med was my, you know, my true love. And obviously being in combat arms, that was the the heavy focus for us uh, as 18 Deltas was combat med with with a good mix of, you know, surgical med and, and cl- clinical medicine as well. But um, really having to fight that that dichotomy or that that uh, the decision making process of, you know, do I do I stay in this field that I've spent all this time and invested this time in or do I really delve into what fills my cup. And that's really what brought me to the decision and and finding this opportunity. So to backtrack a bit, I had worked in the construction and um, landscape design field for a little bit of time before the military. So graduated from Texas A&M in 2012. Um, Actually got my first job out of college was with David Weekly Homes, building houses in Austin. Um, So really early introduction to home building. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't stick with it long. I actually tried to pursue the Navy route originally and didn't shake out for a couple of reasons, but it's a blessing in disguise. I love my experience with the Army. But um, so, yeah, I got an introduction to it with David Weekly. Um, and then after I left that, I got another opportunity a few months down the road to work for a buddy of mine in uh, land, landscape design and, and high end pool building. And that's really where my passion for construction started to build. So uh, I got to work for my buddy, Ben, back home in Austin, uh, building these incredible pools out in Westlake and 
uh, like Travis and, and seeing Ben's passion for construction um, and how much he was able to fully throw himself and inundate himself with his, you know, his career field that it had become a passion, what he did every day for, you know, for a paycheck was an epiphany for me. You know, I, I eventually obviously I had to go scratch the itch and, and do my service time, but that always stuck with me. So coming back around, uh, understanding that I really had a clean slate on deciding what I wanted to do, um, was going through some transition programs and posed the question of, you know, what, what is, what really matters to you? What are your core values? What, um, what lights your fire? What, what is going to be something that's tangible for you that, that really, um, keeps that passion going in your, in, in your career after the military. So I had an opportunity to, I reached out to a buddy of mine, a, a childhood friend who was actually the senior PM for the company I work for now at the time and told him, Hey man, I'm, you know, I'm interested in getting back into the industry. I don't even know what it looks like. Obviously I don't have, I've got a 10 year gap in my tenure in construction, but what I do have is, is almost a decade of what I would consider high level project management experience. And I know that that's the realm you're in. So kind of picked his brain about what that looked like. And he, you know, this, the company I work for now uh, is based out of Denver. We, we solely focus in high-end residential homes. So um, very complex projects for, you know, forecasted over an extended period of time. You know, our projects can take anywhere from 24, 36, sometimes 48 months. There's a lot of complexity to each project, a lot of detail that goes into each scope of work. Um, and that really appealed to me, right? Is the finer details of focusing on the micro level details and then having to back out to the macro level of what is the big picture? How does this all come together? The logistics of it, you know, forward forecasting, time management, all these things that I had built skills towards in my military career and how I could potentially bring that to the construction realm. So I, I got really lucky. Um, the company I work for right now, Cadre, uh, they gave me a shot and they I essentially uh, created my own skill bridge program. So I did an internship with Cadre for three months um, as I was transitioning off active. And as soon as I got off active duty, they hired me on full time. So I've been a PM with a uh, cadre for about a year and a half now um, and have loved every second of it, man. It's, it's exactly what I wanted. You know, the biggest thing for me was I wanted something tangible and I know what I know about myself is that I, you know, I don't find a lot of uh, value or, I'm just really not really passionate about the traditional nine to five, putting on a suit and going into, uh, you know, the corporate office every day. I, I like being outside, working with my hands, working with different trades, um, but also getting to mix it up with the architects and the interior designers and the engineers and being able to speak a different language every single day. So uh, that's really what drew me to it. And it's, it's proving to be uh, the right route for me. And, you know, right now, I think a big passion project of mine is, connecting with veterans that are working through transition or have transitioned off uh, their service time and, and really helping them to figure out what, what it is that they're passionate about and how they can potentially um, turn that into a career post uh, post military service. Well, we got the same mission there, brother. So I appreciate yeah. that. And um, I, gotta say, I know you spoke to it earlier, Scott, but really what brought yeah. me to your podcast was, was start seeking out, you know, avenues and resources that were, were making that connection for veterans, specifically in the construction industry, because, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into it more, but the the correlation and, and the parallels between a lot of what we did in the military and what we do in the construction field now is is so 
evident, but I don't think a lot of people are aware of that. So yeah, trying to figure out how to get that word out. I definitely agree with that too. And as you were talking, I'm just thinking about all these parallels you spoke of. And and I always like to hit on the fact that very, very rarely uh, will people say, well, I learned this technical skill too. It's a lot of those planning and the soft skills. So that's, that's awesome too, especially coming from your background with a little bit of time uh, in the industry before you got in, but, but going from like trauma medical to what you're doing now, I mean, that's a huge, huge difference, but the similarities are definitely in the teams and, and the group on site. Yes, absolutely. And, and attention to detail, forward forecasting, time management, personnel management. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I'm sure you've you've delved into that quite a few times on your your podcast. But it, the more evident it becomes, the more you know the evident the more evident it is to me that this connection needs to be made between vets and the service industry. You know, whether it be trades or the construction realm, GC realm, PM, superintendent. Um, and then you start talking about the aging workforce and you know the, the issues we have in our industry right now of getting people that uh, understand the value of hard work and actually getting after finishing a project out to fruition. Like, I mean, what better what better uh, community to tap into than the veteran populace for a work ethic? You know. Yeah, for sure. And you you've got such a good opportunity where you're at since you're so close to a base. I mean, you got third ID. There's a there's a ton of people there. Uh, you know, guys in your community that are getting out and showing them that this is a very viable way to make your income uh, and have a successful career post-military service. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I got to ask, Cadre, it, that has something to do with the service. So is the owner, is he or she prior service, Cadre General Contractors? You know, I I, I should probably delve into it a bit more with how <laughs> the name came about, but what I'll say about... Uh, the owner of the company, Rusty, is a phenomenal guy. He's one of the most patriotic dudes I've ever met. Um, and and it is serendipitous. Is really I, I've tell, told him several times is you know I got hired on. We just recently in the past few months hired another Green Beret that I worked with as a PM, who's you know shown great value in the position. But it's it's tangible results showing that like individuals coming from that that background can fit the mold of what cadre is. And, you know, looking up the definition of, of cadre, you know, high performing group of individuals with a, uh, you know, a set task at hand, like that, that couldn't be more true for what we do in our, our job in high end uh, construction and these luxury home builds. And it couldn't be more true for veterans coming out of the work, you know, of their service of, of really what um, a lot of us see as our core values of, you know, really putting ourselves behind something that we believe in and there's value and meaning to it. And, you know, for me getting to wake up every day and coming to the job site to build somebody's dream home, there's really, there's no more rewarding feeling than, you know, getting through a big, you know, milestone for a scope of work to be completed or uh, getting something to line up for uh, the finance piece or, you know, how we're logistically sourcing and procuring the materials we need. We, we are comp- constantly problem solving and it's that high level complex puzzle pieces that you're having to put together uh, on the job site every day. So really transitioning that mentality of, of what we did in the military to uh, the construction industry and finding out, you know, how we can make that more um, available to people, right? Because the briefs you get coming out of the military is a lot of talk about the services and trades, a lot of times for, you know, lower enlisted, you know, people that didn't have a lot of experience prior to the military but I really think that we do a disservice to um, all all levels, you know, whether it's the NCO Corps, or the officer corps, 
um, whether it's conventional military or special operations, like the skills that we learned in those realms are, are very, very transferable, very much transferable into this industry. And it's become more and more apparent the more time I've spent here. Uh, so, you know, really finding a way to, uh, connect people with those opportunities, whether it's, you know, on the commercial side, residential, um, specialty architectural detail, whatever it may be, it's, it's just getting people connected to that. Like we have other programs for, uh, the corporate side of things. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, just real quick for people wondering why I mentioned cadre, uh, you want to talk about why it was that I might've thought that. <laughs> yeah. So typically in the military, when you hear cadre, cadre is related to, you know, you're going to a school or you're going to a, a specialty pipeline that you refer to the instructors as the cadre. So it's cadre. Some people say cadre. Um, that, that term really, it brings up thoughts of, you know, individuals that are highly skilled. They're very much experienced in whatever, um, whatever facet you're going to train in. So if it's going to dive school or, you know, ranger school, whatever your cadre would be the instructors that are, um, that have years of experience in that. So that, that term definitely ties into the military, I'd say the most directly. So it definitely, it definitely brings up thoughts of like how the the name would be connected to the military. I say now that we're just, we're, it was forward forecasting for what cadre was going to become with, with veterans coming onto the team and uh, really fitting the mold. but the cool thing about the company I work for is that they are the cadre of their industry. I mean, the way that they have operated specifically in this high end luxury realm in residential, uh, the individuals that I work with, I mean, these guys have forgotten more construction knowledge than I will probably know in the next decade. It's absolutely impressive to work with some of these superintendents and PMs um, and the office staff that have been in this industry for years, but they, they absolutely epitomize the cadre of the construction realm. So I think it's more than fitting. I just think it's funny now that we're bringing on some, some veterans that, uh, you know, it harkens you back. It takes you back to a time of sometimes good times, sometimes bad times. Cadre can be, uh, your, your best friend or your worst enemy, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure some people shudder when they <laughs> see the yeah. name of the company probably brings up some bad memories for some. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Oh, very cool, man. I'm really motivated too to the fact that you, that you use these skills, you found something that you, your love, that's not typically the case for people that are, you know, just over a year out of the service. It, it can be a, a long journey for some. So that's really cool. You had those connections, uh, and a little bit of the background first. Yeah. And, I, and so, um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, ahead. obviously it helps to have the bit of the background, but I think that my, my experience specifically, it, I was about as fresh of a start you could get coming into the construction realm. So I, if I can be a blueprint for people to, uh, to realize that you can step into something new and, and actually have tangible results almost immediately, that those skills are transferable, then that, that's really what I want to be. I want to be an example for people to understand that it doesn't have to be the set blueprint of what you do after life after military. Like there are a lot of options out there and people value your skills. Like you are very much an asset to any company you're going to be come apart of. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Why do you think that is, uh, especially for people that haven't served, what do you think they're seeing in veterans that attracts them and makes them want to hire these people? Yeah. I mean, I think that there, there is a lot of tangibles and there's a lot of intangibles, but one of them that, you know, really stands out to me is that, you know, we all know baseline in the military is like, you're, 
the basics that you can bring to a job, whether you're, you know, fresh off of basic training or, you know, you're 20 years in is like right, right place, right time, right uniform. How many times have you heard that? Right. It's just the basics of, uh, you know, your, your military service, but that really ties into the core of a work ethic for an individual coming out of the military and their understanding of, uh, the importance of, you know, um, of the responsibility of the role that they take on, right. That, showing up to work with a positive attitude to try to lend as much uh, knowledge and experience as they can. I always said, you know, what I lack in construction knowledge, I'll make up for inefficiency and oh, time management, that. personnel management, Good. because I, you have to know, right? Like the SF used to say a lot, uh, you know what you don't know. You start out, you don't know what you don't know. And then you get to the point where you know what you don't know. And then eventually sometime, you know, at some point, hopefully you, you become a master of your trade. And that's when you realize that, you still have a lot of learning to do, but um, when you, when you're able to really dissect uh, what you do bring to the table versus you know the pen and paper of what's on a job description, I think that's really the benefit that the veterans can bring is is how do you how do you correlate the skills that you had in the mil- in the military to what you're going to do on the civilian side? So even as as simple as uh, time management, forward forecasting, you know, looking at how we used to, you know, we were always forecasting out for extended periods of time, whether it was 12 months, 24 months for training calendars, uh, deployment cycles, whatever it may be. The logistics piece that almost every military personnel has to deal with, um, inventorying and uh, procurement of material and equipment that you need, and just the responsibility of taking that. And then the hierarchy, the chain of command, right, is, is how do we communicate efficiently? That's a huge thing is communication is key, is, is transparency up front um, and early as possible and being honest with your clients and your consultants and all of the different uh, you know personnel and, and groups that you work with. Having a strong um, communication background and a baseline for communication is huge. And I think veterans bring that to the table from day one because of the skills we've learned in the service. Yeah, for sure. Um, so talking about that journey, you know, going from not knowing what you don't know and, and upward towards being a master. Uh, I think the people that I respect the most in the service and out are that those individuals that have been doing it a while. Now they realize it's my turn uh, to turn around and teach the next group. Like, you know, the, the best command sergeant majors, command master chiefs that are saying, you know, Hey, I'm not making E10. That's not a thing. So I'm here to serve you guys. Have you been able to find a mentor in the industry that's kind of shown you the way and helped you along? Yeah, I think I have a couple mentors. You know, I, I lean back to uh, Ben Lasseter, who was my buddy who really gave me my first break. And while he's in a different industry and operates in a different state, seeing how he operates his business as a business owner in the construction realm and operating at a high level, uh, it's a great blueprint for um, how to go about my career in, in the construction industry. Uh, but also having the opportunity to be on with a company I, I got on with, with Cadre, um, there's multiple individuals within this company that I've been able to lean on. A lot of that experience obviously falls in the superintendent's realm, um, in our company specifically, but you're talking about 20 to 30 years of experience for some of these guys um, focusing in high level details. And a lot of them have worked from, you know, the carpentry background, skilled trim workers, um, framers, whatever it may be. And they work their way up the ladder, just like we had to do in the military. And so they've, they've seen how the industry's changed. They've, they understand the complexities of how a house comes together from start to finish. And that's the big piece that 
we have to understand is like where we, you know, where we focus our skills and attention because we need, we need tradesmen, we need uh, the skilled laborers, we need all those pieces, but we also need somebody that's able to manage that. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be somebody, um, you know, and I can only speak to the project manager realm, but I, I was able to bring a lot of tangible skills to the table early on because of the skills I had coming out of the military. And it didn't require me necessarily to understand all of the complexities of, of construction or the, you know, the project as a whole. It was just finding the parallels between the skills that I had from the military and what was needed in this job specifically as a project manager and realizing that a lot of those skills parallel. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's hugely important is finding a mentor. And even finding somebody that's fresh out, you know, like that's, that's what I say all the time now is like anybody that's even curious about go, you know, coming into the construction industry and talking about what that may look like. I want to open that door to people. I want them to feel comfortable to reach out and, um, you know, have the honest conversation about what that looks like, the goods, the bads, the uglies, the, you know, the hurdles that you may have to jump over, but, you know, understanding that you do bring a lot of value to the table and um, there are people out there that, that do want to transfer that knowledge and skills. We just, we've got to do it on somewhat of an expedited timeline because we have what I've seen to be, you know, a a bit of a a gap in knowledge and time of individuals that are, you know, coming up they're a little longer in the tooth in the, in the industry and construction and how you get, um, you know, fresh blood into the industry to really dive in and become passionate about it and have enough of that knowledge transfer to carry on those skills. Yeah, for sure. And about the transition piece, um, you know, I do like that the military as a whole, I mean, that's your built-in network because we know how important that can be in the, in the working world, but you've got that built-in network, especially, you know, when I transition, I'm, I'm bugging my buddies from my battalion saying, what did you do? What can I do? And and you're finding all this knowledge um, and these guys are all over the world now. So it's, well, Hey, I want to move to Texas. And so probably know somebody there. Um, and so out of all these skills that we've been talking about, um, what would you say is a skill that either everybody in, uh, that has served in the military has been exposed to or experience? What do you think that uh, one skill that we bring to the tables vets carries over the best into this industry? Hmm. I think that's a really good question. And, and if I, uh, weren't going to challenge myself to come up with one, I could come up with several, but I'd say the ability to adapt is huge. And adaptability is obviously a bread and butter core value of, of service members. Um, whether you're adapting on deployment or you're having to adapt within your specialty, um, back at garrison, but being able to be, um, flexible to, changes in the industry or changes within a project is huge. So that adaptability that the military teaches you that sometimes on a whim, you may not even have all the experience or the, all the information that you need to, to action a plan, but you've got to get something together and make it happen. You know, the old adage that 70% plan is better than hundred percent, uh, two weeks from now or whatever. I'm probably butchering that. that uh, <laughs> That's all right. Close cons- enough. Conceptually, you know, we're, we're, we're really good at being thrown into a, uh, a situation that's not as organized or you may not have all the information you want or need. And I, we always called it, you know, organizing chaos. And a lot of times on the construction side, that's what you're doing, right? You're, you're herding cats or you're dealing with multiple trades and you're trying to stack trades and you're having to look at the, you know, the short-term objectives and the long-term objective, objectives at the same time. And having that experience in the military of operating in a, a rather stressful environment, 
whatever the setting may be and having to adapt is crucial. And, and that's a, that's a easy skill for people to transit transition over to the civilian side and really, um, bring that value to the table day one of, Hey, I may not have all the knowledge I need right now, but I'm good under pressure and I'm willing to adapt and I'm willing to grow in, into a position. And if you ask me to do something, if I don't have the knowledge right now, I'm going to go seek it out and I will, I'm going to do my best to be, you know, the best at this within the next few weeks or months or whatever it may be, because we're all very driven coming out of the service. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think about, uh, that, that ability to adapt is kind of similar. Like I'll give you an example. When I got out, I think the one thing I missed the most is that we all, a lot of us will say, I, I don't want the, the office job, or I don't want the same thing day after day because in the service, no day is the same. It seems like yeah. every day is different, good or bad, but right. I do agree with you in that, that ability to adapt, but knowing that's what excited me about the industry is that on site and more times than not, it's probably not a good thing, but nothing, nothing stays the same. And I hate to say it, but rarely do things go exactly as planned, but that's, I think what makes us strong in this industry too, is that we're okay with it. We're not going to blow our top typically. Um, and, and we find a way to adapt and we, we come together as a team and, and look for those solutions. So that's a really good way to put it, man. And I, I really like that answer. I don't think any other guest has said that, that ability to adapt, that's that's key. Well, and you make a really great point, Scott. And I think that we're going to see it more and more in this industry because whether we like it or not, you know, the construction industry has been a little bit behind the times on how we operate. And I think we all can see that. It's just difficult to, you know, transition some of the um, the old habits of the industry into new age, let's say, but it's happening. It's happening full time. And whether it be, transition to tech platforms or how you're managing your projects or what it looks like in the future with AI, whatever it may be, there's going to be a lot of uh, requirements to adapt in this industry if you want to continue to operate. And I think the reason why veterans will be great at that is because we're so used to it, right? And so bringing in people that um, have been exposed to tech or, you know, they're, they're young and hungry and they're eager to learn a new skill, but they're also adaptable and they're flexible and they can take on new tasks and they understand the tech piece to some degree, they're going to be able to grow with the industry um, a lot better while also learning from those that carry on this, you know, this uber valuable knowledge that we just cannot let go of that comes from years and years of construction. So, yeah, for sure. So in your journey, since you are that exception to the rule, uh, cause you had a pretty smooth transition. It seems like in respect to, uh, getting into the working world, uh, what do you think you might've changed along the way, whether it's in service, out of service, what do you think, if anything? I, you know, I think that a big thing for me would have been earlier on in the process of transition, opening my mind to what possibilities were out there. I was so stuck in the, the one track mind of, you know, I've only done medicine. So the responsible decision is to stay in medicine. You know, it, it's it's what I should do. It's what I have done. It's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I'm familiar with. But really opening my eye, mind up to different opportunities um, and seeking out uh, organizations that were willing to try to connect me there. Um, I know there's a lot of great nonprofits out there. There's some specific to the software that I came out of, but there's plenty out there for all service members that really are there to help. And they want to just connect you with uh, organizations. There's a lot of construction companies on the commercial side that want to connect with people. Um, 
to, you know, coming out of the service and, and residential too, but I, I think it's just a little newer in the residential side, but I, I would say, yeah, just opening my mind up to the possibilities and not being stuck in that one track mind of it's got to be corporate or it's got to be, you know, in the medical realm, really delving into, like I said earlier, like what fills your cup, you know, what are your core values? What motivates you? How does that align with an, an you know, an opportunity outside of the military, outside of your service and, and find a way to make it a career, you know? believe in yourself that you can find an opportunity that fits those core values and fits what you're passionate about and you can make a living off of it. And you're going to bring a lot to the table with your, your skills and knowledge that you carry out of the military service. Yeah. And so some of those uh, companies you're talking about and organizations like the honor foundation for the soft vets, um, veterati is another really good one. And I, I, I didn't even know about some of these till recently, uh, but I, I do help out with them. Um, and for anybody listening that they're really easy to find for those that are in the spec ops community, I would definitely suggest the honor foundation. There's one on East coast and West coast. Uh, but you can connect to people throughout the U S I, I do like the coffee mentor chat. So people that are interested in the industry can reach out to me directly. Um, and I felt a, a couple folks, uh, steer their, their career in the right direction. And then veterati is another free one with tons and tons of vets that are willing to help. So there's always somebody out there to lend a hand. Um, so if, if we do have people transitioning out and that want to get into this industry, so we named a couple ways to do that. What are some other suggestions you would have? Yeah. So, you know, those are all great uh, on our foundation. I know a bunch of buddies that have used them. I, I went through the commit foundation. Um, they were fantastic and really focused on not so much placement in a career, but um, really delving into what makes you tick and, and what you're passionate about. So I, I recommend commit foundation to anybody that wants to get connected and really dive into um, what their passions are and how they connect that to a career. But I would say, um, you know, just as simple as like reaching out to local organizations or local companies that um, let's say, you know, where you're going to be after you uh, get out of the service, if you're going to locate back to, you know, uh, home state or whatever, Start reaching out to uh, local companies and find out if they have a a, uh, a transition program. I will say this: that um, just like in the military, sometimes making your own opportunity is the best way to go. The DoD Skill Bridge program. Um, there's opportunities out there to get on with some construction companies, but I made my own, uh, you know, internship up. And and if you find a company that is uh, you f- you feel would be a good fit for you, there's nothing there's no harm in reaching out to them and seeing if they'd be willing to sponsor you on an internship. Um, a lot of these companies just don't know uh, that veterans are, are passionate about coming into an industry like construction. And so if you reach out to them and you're able to, um, you know, get your resume or your, your career uh, bullet points in front of them, I, I'd say another big piece is, is getting with some of these organizations that can help you build out a resume. Um, I feel like that's starting to change, but having somebody help you tra- you know, translate the verbiage and language of military service into tangible uh, skills that you know are applicable to the civilian side. It's a little easier for civilian companies to digest. You're still going to do some explanation as to you know, well, you know this is this is this title, but this is what I actually did in the service. Um, I I tell people all the time the biggest thing is no matter where you want to go, uh, no matter what you find you want to do. Obviously, it's not permanent. If, if if you end up you know realizing that you're you're suited to do something else. That's totally fine. Right. But don't sell yourself short. I, I tell people all the time and, and veterans, you know, I, I just feel like, um, they get stuck in this, this 
thought process loop of, you know, I'm, I'm only tracked to do this and I've only got these skills. Like, please do not sell yourself short. The, the, the value of the skills that you bring from service, no matter what your specialty was, you are likely underselling yourself on what you bring to the civilian realm. And just as simple as, as what we were talking about earlier, it's like right time, right uniform, right place, being responsible for your own actions, um, being able to manage time, being adaptable, having a positive attitude. All of that is very tangible in the civilian realm and, and it can pay dividends. So don't sell yourself short. Um, I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, to connect with anybody that's interested in the industry, uh, whether they're coming from the soft realm or conventional. I, I really, really am just passionate about connecting people and, and telling my story and, uh, you know, maybe changing the game, changing the narrative of what construction looks like. Like it's not, it's not, a the one track mind of, of, you know, getting out on the site and framing a house, but that may be what you're passionate about. And then that's awesome. But there are so many different avenues you can take within the construction industry. And in my mind, there is no better uh, group of people to build and rebuild and, and really, you know, take on this workforce in construction than veterans. Yeah, I love it. And I, I don't think you can stress enough that don't selling yourself short. I know mm-hmm. I did it um, because we, we, we think, oh, I only did this, only I only did that, and and there are some good resume writers out there to help you quantify some of the stuff you did. People like numbers, especially in this industry. So how do you how do you put that on a resume? Um, I might be kicking myself in the butt for doing this, considering I'm trying to get people into construction. But I will say, uh, man, when you transition out, the world's your oyster. Typically, I mean, you have a, a, a fresh start. I know if I were to change something, I'd be in the mountains guiding for elk or something. Like <laughs> I, I I might have chosen a different path. Uh, not that I don't love this industry by any means, but I, I, I just didn't know what was out there. And I don't know what your experience was when you transitioned out, but I, sh- I know that nobody was really talking about construction, uh, in my transition assistance program. Um, I just happened to be a CB, so it was easy enough to find people in, in the industry. Um, but yeah, definitely look for what appeals to you. And like, like Trevor, like you said, just find your passion and really what sets you on fire. So thanks for saying that. Yeah. And, and I think that um, that's an important point, right? Is like understanding what you're passionate about. And if, if you are extremely committed to it, you can, you can likely make a career out of it. Um, I've seen plenty of people do it and it, you know, it doesn't have to be right away. You can, you can kind of slow roll that you can, uh, you know, take on a career and, and find a way to kind of jockey yourself into that position. But I've seen plenty of people make their passions into a career and, um, I, I will absolutely echo that sentiment, Scott, that I don't think it's talked about enough. You know, construction is not pushed as an op- in, an option coming out of the service. And um, I think that uh, the, you know, the, the companies in these, this industry, whether it be on the commercial side or residential, are, are missing out on a great opportunity to tap into the veteran community. And, um, you know, that that is, I think that's one of the roles that we have now, right, is like connecting not only veterans to companies, but if companies are really trying to understand the lingo and the language of what a veteran brings to the table, please, you know, reach out. And, and if I can give a better understanding of what, what vets can, um, you know, bring to your organization, I think it's huge. And, and I think more companies should be tapping into that and, and setting up opportunities to work with vets in, in the uh, SFL tap program or the transition program, uh, depending on the service that you're in. Um, I, I think that would be hugely beneficial, not only for, veterans themselves for all these companies and corporations looking for, uh, you know, a bolstered workforce and people that have a strong work, work ethic. Awesome, man. Trevor, I know you got to get running. Uh, I really appreciate your time. 
Thank you so much. And and I, I love your story, man, especially with you just being over a year out, man. That's just so cool to see you doing what you love and being successful, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, and uh, I got a little time, Scott. So I, I just want to say that like, if I can be an, an example for anybody, I'm nothing special, man. Like I, you know, um, we said a lot of times in the special, special forces guy saying he's nothing special, huh? Well, I, was okay. say, I hope know, all the seals hear this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and maybe it's, we, we, we're very much gluttons for punishment on the army side. Yeah. That's why I <laughs> yeah. keep this humble, but we, we, you know, we got told all the time and, and I appreciate it more and more every day, but you know, in SF, it really wasn't about doing the high speed, uh, skill sets, you get the opportunity to do that. But really what it came down to is doing the basics right every single time. And I feel that veterans are primed to do that because of our our experience in the service. Um, and so having that opportunity to connect with vets and kind of tell my story and um, I'm, I'm definitely not the one to uh, be pushing on to podcasts anytime soon. I'm, I'm not the most well-spoken, but if I can be an advocate for change for people to understand that there are opportunities out there to do um, do incredible things and you can work with your hands. You can work outside. You can, um, do something outside of the suit and tie nine to five. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's people that love that. And, you know, that fills their cup coming out of the service. But for those that are looking for alternative, uh, means of, of, you know, a career field after service, um, I really think that this is a valuable industry to look into and, and we need it, right? Like you and I both know we need, a strong workforce and we need people that are passionate that want to come in and learn these skills and, and, and take it on for the long term. You know, we have too much turnover and a lot of industries do, but uh, the veteran population I think is primed to come into an industry like construction and really uh, affect some massively positive change uh, and really carry on this industry for the better as the years uh, for the years to come. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree, man. Well, Trevor, thanks for your time. Yeah. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for connecting with me, man. And, uh, thank you for what you're doing for veterans. This is amazing. Like, um, you know, getting the voice out there and, and taking the time to connect with vets from all backgrounds and just sharing the stories, I think is huge. And like I said, I, I found you on the whim of searching LinkedIn one day, trying to find if there's some sort of connection for vets and you're doing it, man. So whatever, uh, I can do on my small scale to help you out with your mission, please let me know. I am very passionate about this and I'm adamant that, uh, you know, veterans have a place in this industry and, uh, I think they would be more than welcome here. So, man, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Man. All right, man. If you're a military veteran in the construction industry, or you're in the construction industry and support our military vets, and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can find me at constructionvetpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn. You can find me there at Scott Friend. Let's share the stories and motivate others.